Hi listeners, this is Caleb, and here's the deal. We have not podcast for a while, and so Adam and Rhiannon and I had a really good time catching up, but it was a lot of nonsense. So you'll find the beginning of this episode, we will say hello, and then we'll do Eternals, and then we'll do MODOK, and if you want to hear us just chatting as we do that fun 10-20 minutes is at the back of the podcast, because we thought... If you really love Marvel, but not so much us being goofballs, you might not like it. So just check out the uh, timestamps if you want to see all that stuff. And on to the show. Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We've got Adam and Rhiannon and me. I'm Caleb, and we're all back. Yay! We're back. Hey guys. I, I do. I, I want to. Uh, this is a surprise to both of you, so I'm announcing some pretty big news on the podcast right off the top. Um, <gasps> you my drink down, so don't do a spit take. I'm uh, I'm slowly coming around to Chick Fil A, guys. What's a Chick Fil A? <laughs> I hate everything they stand for, but I'm coming around. The speed um, of that 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 line, right? It's insane. No, it's just it's insane. The speed there. There's multiple lines that are back so far up, and they they get the order right and all this stuff. I mean, they they aren't really good people, and I feel guilty giving my money to their cause. But I mean, I was at uh, no, I just brought up because McDonald's. I was at McDonald's today, and they were kind of sort of busy. Um, and then they gave me the wrong meal like five times. Yeah. Eventually I just took it. I'm like, I'll eat it. Whatever. Yeah, sure. That's exactly what I got. As you said, Adam, if you can, if you can put aside or pause all the political stuff, which I understand some people can't and that's cool. Mm -hmm. But if you just look at the efficiency of the operation, it is shocking. The volume of people they can put through a line with fast and accurate food. Like, as a family, we double check all our orders except for if we go to Chick Fil A because we know that Chick Fil A is going to get it right. You know, so it was right. the chicken so sandwich Adam, is good. Everything else is just complete. I hate everything else they have there. Chicken you've, sandwiches. You've come to this conclusion during pandemic times, right? Mm-hmm. So you probably haven't encountered what I hate the most about Chick Fil A, which is they are so family friendly that every time I drive through the parking lot, I think I'm going to run over a child. Oh. Uh. There that's are always children running through the just parking lot. Children now. running around. Just, that's true. Now, if you hate children, this may be a benefit. Of yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll have you have a arguably justifiable, you know, child uh, homicide, you know, potential. All right, so let's talk about the Eternals trailer. We got. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that the way this is going to go, people are going to hear our welcome, and I'm going to cut this in, and then we'll, we'll put all the fun stuff at the back See, because some that's people the like. Thing. I was trying to direct the conversation more towards that, and we should just do an Elseworlds episode for the next 40 minutes instead of talking <laughs> Eternals. If you want mind, but if you want to, we can. No, we, we can should talk, talk about the Eternals trailer. trailer. So it yeah. finally came. Um. I will just say as a preface on this podcast, we always believe in honesty and we feel like we should tell you how we really felt. If you want to hear someone say something positive, I will be talking in a minute until then, Adam, how are you doing today? How did you feel about the Eternals trailer? It's okay. It's our, our buddy, uh, Charles Villanueva put it best. It ran and might have even said it in the Slack chat, but whelmed, incredibly whelmed. 
incredibly very whelmed. Um, so, I mean, my thing is, I've been met about the first trailer for everything. Mm-hmm. Like, so when I watched it, I felt very meh. Um, and legitimately, I watched it like on my phone in the middle of my workday and forgot to go back and watch it big. But I wasn't whelmed. I was met, and I feel like I was equally met as I have been for a lot of other first trailers recently. There's an interview. Uh, Chloe Zhao um, did an interview, I don't know when, with Variety right around Oscar time. Um, and she, I'm paraphrasing, but she name dropped Jack Kirby, and, and she says this this movie is built on, on Jack Kirby's ideals and, and inspirations and all of that, um, which is fine. But apparently when she said that, they only meant the name of the movie is also a name Jack Kirby used at one point because I can't for the life of me really see any Kirbyan artwork um, quite yet. It seems a lot more Thor the Dark World than Thor Ragnarok. More naturalistic or or you look at their ship and it reminds me of um, Ronan the Accuser ship, right? It's that what do you call it? The bricky, sandy type feel? The earth? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I mean, it's like a monolith. Actual, yeah, it looks like a, just a bricky earth ship thing as compared to a, a Milano or a spaceship or even a Kirby um, vessel. I'm not, it probably has some certain name or, or something, you know? I don't know. It was, as for a teaser, it, it, it didn't tease me enough and i have at least a slight understanding of the characters i guess so if you don't know any of the characters i have no idea how you're supposed to get excited for something like this um i feel like i'm harping i mean i can can go down the costume rabbit hole as well because the costumes i think are horrible no offense to the, the fine men and women who made them they did what they had to do and, and made their work based off of concept art um, that, that came on down the chain, you know, but. I mean, I think I'm with you, Adam, as far as, I mean, there's a couple of things there that you said that, that I can appreciate as far as when I got done watching, my wife was home and we both watched it. And the weird thing she said to me, she's like, that feels like a DC movie. And I was like, what, what do you mean? And she's like, it's just the 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 tone, the color, the darkness. She's like, it just doesn't feel bright like a Marvel movie. It feels dark like a DC movie. And on the one hand, all of those people that have been like, yeah, MCU does crappy cinematography. Okay, you can be happy now. Like, right. you now have a movie that's got the artsy cinematography, but it definitely feels darker. I noticed as I was scrolling through Twitter that like, if I just, if I like blurred my eyes and only looked at like the brightness of the images, all the dark ones were Eternals posts because it uh-huh. just like the overall saturation, I guess, on the colors or whatever uh-huh. is just a bit more um, subdued. So I think there is that. And I think the biggest mistake was that we didn't see a lot of the characters. Somebody said, well, Guardians had a teaser and it didn't tell us much about the plot. And we didn't know those characters. But as I remember that teaser, the first 30 seconds was them in the lineup, right? Right. The and like visual suspects type. Yeah. And the Xandarians are saying like, mm-hmm. oh, the, and they like name all five characters and something about their their attributes. And 
that made a lot of sense. Like, I think you're right in that there's like nine main characters in this. And I think we got a little bit of Cersei and we got a little bit of Icarus, but I don't feel like we know anything about these people as, as characters. Right. Makari, we saw Makari's powers, but Sprite didn't cast any illusions. I don't think Thena was kicking ass with her sword. Um, Fastest or face, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, so Brian Michael, right? He he made like, something, right? Yeah, he was manipulated. Like it was like the ship's navigation controls, or something. He made the Marvel Studios thing, didn't he? he yes, yeah. he made the Marvel Studio yeah, logo. Yeah. Um, and we saw, to be fair, Camille Nanjiani. Like we saw a little bit of the Bollywood thing. I don't which think... essentially proves that leak, man. Right? I mean, oh, I always assumed common... that would be right because Kingo is a. Uh... He's an actor in the comic, so I, the the Bollywood thing made sense to me all along. He's not Bollywood though in the. In well, the he's comics, J- he's Japanese in the comics though. Right, right, right. Um, and that's another thing. Seeing this trailer makes me wonder if they actually let the comics people know more than we think, because this latest um, from Gillen and, and Ribic, I don't even know how to say Assad's last name. Ribic, probably. It's almost to a T what we're seeing in the teaser. Just the vibes, his uh, the the line art pushes out. It's far less Kirby and even like Neil Gaiman stuff in that 80s miniseries. Um, and it's like scary on point to what the vibes are right now. Um so I, I'd love to see like the synergy between those because surely they know what's going on, right? Because we see new comics announced all the time and comics taken and sh- crap ton to make. Um, so that's just another thought that popped into my head that has really no bearing on the conversation, I guess. So, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at this again and I like the costumes and I like the more realistic sepia toned grounded like like it gets my interest in what we've been talking about or what we used to talk about occasionally is just like how they're going to tap into these new markets right. how are they going to get new audiences and i do think that that's what they're going for here um you know my 60 something year old aunt loved nomadland um you know and it's going to get like her attention whereas a guardians type trailer wouldn't right. she's going to see angelina jolie and you know faces that she recognizes and be interested maybe i don't know Great i'm not calling her to ask no I, i'm <laughs> with you Rhiannon. i think my biggest thing on this is this movie what we got in this trailer is the swing that marvel's taking and people are going to fight about whether or not that swing is going to work or not. And I think we've already seen debate about whether audiences will tolerate it. But I'm happy they're making it because how many times have we had a trailer, even on this show, and you guys have talked about the vanilla ice cream factor? Like, oh, this looks fine, but it's vanilla ice cream. Okay, this one is like moose tracks with pecans and pistachio like is it that's no, it's like vanilla, no it's, it's like it's vanilla not, ice cream like, with like that frozen chocolatey i was about to say coating. this is like lavender ice cream yes exactly you know like 
I hear that and I think that's a bath product. And some people hear that and think it sounds luscious. Yeah. You know, this is probably terrible. It's the goop of Marvel movies, is what it's going to be. Like, the like, oh, don't insult it like that. Yeah, so like that's the, what, I thought that's like in humans or the, Iron Fist, right? The high, fo- no, because like, you know, like people that are into that stuff, though, are really into whether it's lavender ice cream or goop or whatever, like things that are just different and experimental and artistic. And like, I just think that that's what's going on here is this is going to be a really different thing. And I'm for one happy for Marvel to try that. Like, I think that's cool. I mean, coming off of like Falcon and the winter soldier, like I don't think they're going for your Falcon winter soldier crowd with this movie. I feel like Mm -hmm. it's something that you're going to go into and it's going to be something completely different. And, uh, you know, like, I don't think it's going to deter from whatever they're doing there for it not to be technicolor uniform or costumes or, you know, I, I, I think they're going for something um, that that's going to be different and exciting. It's, it's for, is it for the art house crowd or, yeah. or what's going on? It's premiering at a film festival, isn't it? They tried to or get it into cans, the- didn't they? It was a I, yeah. I saw something. I can't remember if that was. But to me, yeah. that's what this is all about. Is I think Feige has taken a punt here on if we give an Oscar bait director a Marvel movie, what would they do with it? And at this point, they feel like they've got enough house money they can try. And I, my guess is they're getting a little bit of pushback on it today. But I think that it's. I don't know. I'm excited for that gamble in the same way I loved wandavision and the sitcom weirdness you know like i don't know roll the dice try try it out the worst case scenario is it's a very beautiful super serious not everybody favorite marvel movie and that's fine you just do one of them this is a to me the easiest film to not make a sequel of if it doesn't work if it does work awesome you know like but to me i would rather have them make this interesting movie than I don't know. I'm trying to think of what, you know, which character disparage, but like, I don't know. Like I'd rather have this than a war machine movie, like armor wars. I'm sure it'll be fine, but definitely more excited about this than I would be about a project like that. You know? I mean, he gets his way no matter what the way it is now, but if, um, if Eternals becomes a best picture nominee, you know, I mean, it's, it's game over. He can do what Kev and, and Chloe, they can do whatever the hell they want. It's already like that. But I mean, if you turn Eternals into a legitimate best picture nominee for whatever reason. I mean, if they do with Eternals, what DC did with Joker. Right. Then one, I'm sure this movie will feel gross, will not feel gross to as many people as Joker did. Um, You know, and, and knock on wood hopefully <laughs> yeah uh you know like i i but i you know that's what they're going for and they're not going for i mean i think in doing that in doing something in that vein you are going to alienate some of the overall crowd but um I, they have to branch out and get other audiences right 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 what's the um this is totally a sides thing but what's the uh best last best picture that's been like a mass audience hit a best picture that like had a huge box office um so avatar the avatar didn't win best picture i don't believe 
Titanic did. Uh, yeah, Titanic is one that comes to mind. Uh, Gladiator, I think, is another one that would be in that ballpark. Oh, um, and Lord of the Rings, uh, Return of the King. That mm-hmm. that one won Best Picture, and it was obviously gigantic at the box. So box. Return of the King's most recent, right? Which was 03, 04? Uh, probably yeah I mean I'm I'm sure the people listening to this are screaming at us how can you guys forget Um, I'm just saying it's not like we don't have um, the internet right in front of us what's what's the movie that made more than Nomadland and Moonlight yeah Yeah, I mean when we look at the okay I'm pulling it up I'm I'm, I'm looking at it now yeah yeah so last few years was Nomadland, Parasite, Green Book, Shape of Water, Moonlight, Spotlight, Birdman, 12 Years a Slave, uh, Argo, The Artist, The King's Argo Speech. Argo was maybe close to something that everyday people saw. Yeah, well, it was, but it wasn't It wasn't a blockbuster. Yeah. Uh, Hurt Dog, Slumdog Millionaire, No Country for Old Men, The Departed, Crash, Million Dollar. But yeah, Lord of the Ring, Return of the King in 2003 is the last what I would call bona fide blockbuster movie sure. that won. Right. And before hmm. that, you know, like I said, Gladiator, Titanic, Braveheart. Um, I don't know. Is Forrest Gump a blockbuster movie? I know lots of people yeah. have seen it, but... Um, I think Forrest Gump came out the yard. I was born, Caleb. You're going too far back. Oh I'm yeah, well, baby. I mean, you know, I mean that's but that's always been the Oscars too. Remember, like Star Wars lost to Annie Hall. So, right, right, right. So I that's what I may is maybe it is even if uh, Chloe gets Best Picture. I mean that puts her back to back Best Picture nominations at least. You know, even if she doesn't, I have no idea what other searchlight movies are coming out this year or anything like that um probably not fast nine she won't be going up against um what else is coming out this year besides the rest of the marvels you don't follow the art house scene i'm sure there are plenty says the guy who loves venom and transformers no yeah yeah i mean i do not go to alamo draft house or anything like that just give me my sour patch kids and mountain dew and Give me the biggest blockbuster ever. So that's what I hated about Eternals. I do have some positives. If you want, or Caleb, you want to talk about your positives, or how do you want to? Well, I would just say to me, I mean, neither positive or negative. I think a lot of this is going to come down to character, right? Like the yeah. thing that people love about Marvel movies, they love Tony Stark as a character. Uh, we've rewatched the Spider Mans recently, like. The reason Spider-Man movies work is because people love Peter Parker. It's amazing how long they go without Peter Parker. These movies are a bit weird because there's no alter ego. They don't have the normal life. And so the challenge, which they, if they can ace it, will be great. They've got like eight or nine characters. They need to give us eight or nine distinct personalities. They need us to understand those personalities and empathize with them. And they got to do that in two hours plus a plot. Right. And so that's going to be, the fascinating challenge i mean james gunn did it in guardians but he has what five characters yeah half the characters right i mean we're talking dane whitman he showed up in a single frame a single shot right Uh, no celestial was in the teaser we caught the legs of what i'm assuming is a deviant um it kind of matched up with the crow marvel legends figure we got which looks nothing like comics crow either um we'll see i mean it's clearly cersei's movie right i don't even think icarus did Icarus have a line? 
Um, Not many. Yeah. And that's interesting to me because people are so going about the Kirby accuracy. And I get it because Eternals is sort of distinctly Kirby, even more than anything else is Kirby in the MCU or Marvel. Mm -hmm. But you want to talk about comics accuracy, Icarus and Cersei as a couple, like it's just not a big comic thing. Like this Cersei Mm -hmm. to me is nowhere close to the socialite, like hypersexualized 60s like almost playboy bunny-ish character that Cersei could be at times like she was just like living life and flirting with everybody and having big parties and you know experiencing the modern scene of the night you know like to me it's just very different than the Cersei we're getting here who seems very serious and committed to a long-term you know epic romance that's a total rewrite but I mean I don't have a problem with that I'm not complaining about it it's just it does seem that that romance angle is a heavy part of this. And particularly the triangle, once they bring Dane Whitman in, is apparently going to be a big deal. As well. It's just nuts. They got as many people on board as they did if they're not all leads, right? Like, it doesn't even seem like Angelina Jolie's a lead or Selma Hayek's a lead, right? Certainly not Kit Arrington or Richard Madden. Maybe maybe it's Cer- Cersei and Icarus, you know? But Dane Whitman's probably just some guy that shows up you know i don't think he's going to be integral to the movie is he i think the way you see him on the poster really helps us Gemma chan and um richard madden are right at the top of the poster Mm -hmm. and then at the bottom it's uh there's three of them it's jolie jolie and harrington hayek jolie and harrington and and it's that with thing yeah which is kind of like um to me the the similar role would be anthony hopkins and thor right he has an important role but he's not on camera all that those are like contract mandates though aren't they uh yeah but pretty typically they have a certain kind of role very rarely is the lead somebody who's a with you know even like josh brolin i think was with josh brolin yeah with kit harrington with salma hayek and Angelina Jolie. Speaking of credits, Chloe, what what's the the Chloe Zhao screenplay by Chloe Zhao and Chloe Zhao and Patrick Burley? Yeah, yeah. You guys so, catch that? How's yeah. that work? So, um, so the WGA has an actual definition of when you use a n d and when you use the symbol for and ampersand. The ampersand. So if it is. Chloe ampersand somebody else that means they were hired that writing team was hired as a single entity and any credits or anything go to those two people as if they are a single entity so it looks like part of you know there was a draft with significant amount done by Chloe ampersand I don't remember who the other person is right and then there was a later rewrite where the writing partner was not included and Mm -hmm. so it was just Chloe so that ampersand portion is how he gets some of the credit. So if they win an Oscar for screenplay, does she get two statues or uh, no? Just gonna <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they still gave the Furpo cousin. I thought they were brothers. Apparently they're cousins though. They got the, the story by, yeah. um, but I mean, Nate Moore, I mean, Nate Moore is the, the Marvel uh, producer on this one. The same visual effects guy that did the guardians movies. That did Doctor Strange is doing this too. Rhiannon, I'm curious 
as somebody who I, I assume doesn't know these characters much, I mean, last I knew you had not really read much Eternals. I mean, there's not a ton of story here. Do you feel like this is enough to tell you who these people are? Even I've gotten a little bit in conversations on Twitter about people like, oh, well, it's a teaser. So it just introduces the plot. And I was like, does this introduce the plot? Like, it seems like not much, but I'm curious if your take is a, is a new person to it. So, I mean, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, so I had a little bit of an idea of what, what we're going into, but I, um, I mean, I get these are celestial beings that have been tinkering around with earth in some way. The only part that just made me super confused is, you know, we're in the sepia toned world. And then at the end, they're talking about the future of the Avengers. That just sort of left me confused. And honestly, I just, I feel like that they might, you know, I feel like they threw that in for people to know, oh yeah, we're in the Marvel world. But it just comes off as kind of confusing if you're, you know, once you're in this, because it's like, okay, we're in this world, we've got these. And, And I think like you talk about the difference in the spaceship for me that's right now as i'm talking about it i want to refer to them as celestials instead of aliens or as instead of something else because that spaceship is so different Mm -hmm. but you know we have these characters they've they've been meddling they've been meddling through time oh but have they because we're kind of in present day i guess because they're talking about the avengers stuff um but no, I have no idea what's going on, but I, I sort of get what they're about in a tiny little bit. That was uh, my most petty and nitpicky thing. You kind of brought it up, too, where they say that they haven't interf- interfered with anything um, since they've been on Earth, when five seconds earlier it just sowed Cersei, I think, watering the corn or something yeah. like that. yeah. It was just super petty and nitpicky on my part. I'm like, wait. I thought maybe they were intentionally showing that they were lying liars that lie. Well, maybe. They're just all a bunch of liars. I do wonder if they'll they'll be like the, is there going to be like the eternal aspect to it? Where someone dies numerous times and then they're reborn and all that stuff? Certainly. How, like, how in-depth to the mythos are they going to get in this single movie, you know? Well, and which mythos? Because honestly, uh, I feel it like changes it four times. Yeah, there's Kirby's take on it, and then that got sort of totally redone by Gaiman. And then I feel like this latest run is not totally different, but they're kind of altering with it again. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of Krakoan, um a bit. Yeah, but um, I don't know, man. I I would not be surprised if they don't so much as ever reference Thanos being in the Eternals, you know, or, or Titan or anything of that nature. I mean, they're talking about the Avengers. Right. Well, maybe, so maybe they'll mention like Thanos in the events of Endgame, but not Thanos in the sense that Thanos is one of them. Oh. You know? Maybe they're just going to separate it out and not make Thanos an Eternal, I guess, or that they didn't come from Titan. Well, it does feel like they put him in a bit of a pickle in that the threat of this movie has to be gigantic. It has to be bigger than, than Infinity War or Endgame, doesn't it? Like, right. basically, if they're like, oh, no, we've always held back from interfering in human affairs because it wasn't our place, but now we have to. 
Well, it, it kind of sets it up that this has to be the biggest threat in the history of the MCU, right. you know? And that's that's what the, the latest run is is kind of hinting at. I don't want to spoil too much, but the threat comes from within the Earth, you know, um, which we haven't really seen yet. Not Mole Man. Um, bummer. Maybe it is Mole Man. Maybe this is... Is it Godzilla? There's a crossover and there's the... Yeah, what's the what's Kong's world called? I already forgot. Yeah, um, Inside Out world or whatever. Yeah, whatever that is. Um, so, but I mean, but why does it have to be a villain villain? I, I, I kind of thought that maybe in this, the plot, it's not like a fighting a villain villain thing. It's more dealing with their future or, you know, interacting with humans and what comes of that or something like that or do you think we get like a fight fight do we get a flashbang fight villain fight in this movie i'm assuming it could be something more i'm hoping it's more clever like dr strange like i've come to bargain kind of scene i mean Mm -hmm. my guess is that the way it goes is a celestial decides to come back and destroy earth and they've got to fend off the Celestials. Because in the history of the comics, that's often the only way you make the Eternals vulnerable in any way, is you have to make them fight something even bigger and stronger than them, and the Celestials is a go-to place to go for that. Which we got. by the, I, I misspoke. We did kind of get a Celestial, except he was in, he, they were in the form of Galactus from Rise of the Silver Surfer a bit. Because with the Celestials comes thunder and lightning. I'm assuming that's what that was. Maybe it was mm-hmm. someone else. I can't remember if Icarus was there. Maybe Icarus is causing thunderstorms or something. I don't know. Um, there's a Celestial Funko's coming, I think. At least Arishem um, is on the Funko list. Spoilers, if you guys are trying to avoid spoilers. Um yeah, I don't know, man. It's just but, see now the thing I I, I want to see it because I love like the world building and this is this is doing what WandaVision did. WandaVision kind of opened up the magical corner of the MCU, whereas this is a hard pivot into something else, you know. And maybe it's just my criticism because it's not how I anticipated, which is I'll admit very unfair to the project. Um but it is opening up a lot of stuff that you can get excited about in terms of the world building, you know, Wakandaness. Um, it is nice that. that we seem to be getting the Unimind. Like we see yes. them starting to form that, which is a really weird, yeah. crazy kind of Kirby concept. It's cool they're not, you know, sh- shaping away from that. I-, I think one of the big questions that this conversation leaves me with is what the structure of it's going to be. Like we know that it's going to be over 3000 years of time, Mm -hmm. but that's going to be a fascinating script problem. Like, do you do like little vignettes? Like, Oh, let's do something from 3000 BC. And then let's do something from a thousand AD. And then let's do something in the modern. Like, do you just do it like that? Or do you set it in the modern day and there's constant flashbacks? People sometimes don't love that. You know, like I'm fascinated to see how they structurally do it. Or do you go super crazy postmodern and just like mix and match, you know, timeframes and throw them together? Like the uh, backward Seinfeld episode. Or uh, Memento or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, right. The, uh, um, I don't know, I, I hope it's, it could be a three-hour movie too, for all we know. 
Um, I think Spider-Man's shaping up to be that long. Um, so these movies are just getting longer and longer and stuff. I know personally, I would prefer if it was just like a montage at the beginning or something. And most of it takes in place in present day or something. An extended montage or, or that was a very casual throw in there adam that spider-man is shaping up to be a three-hour movie where does that come from how isn't it how <laughs> isn't it a three-hour movie with everyone that's in it okay yeah i just I'm wondered just if that was something that you would you know maybe no, that's not a, by it's not a scoop yeah. or a mistake how is it how isn't it a four-hour movie that's part I, I see of me saying, wanting man. to see charlie cox for two hours then the spider-man plot and then craven as a surprise character and then Mysterio, not Mysterio. Who are we even getting? Electro and Doc Ock and Gwen Stacy. And maybe Scorpion Green Goblin, Goblin, yeah. And Green Goblin. You know, so just an hour of plot, three hours, four hours, whatever. Okay, so that's Eternals. Let's talk about our other half. Uh Modoc came out. Adam, I know you are so excited about Modoc uh rihanna and i have watched some of it as well I, i've seen four episodes i think rihanna have you seen nine? Oh, oh you're Ooh. almost through it okay and and like three quarters of ten okay oh, so adam you can finally talk about it i mean you've been talking about it for months in ways that would not right. technically violate uh the fact that you couldn't talk about it right. so. that's what's so bizarre hulu knew Hulu had a sense of what the reviews were going to be, but they still kept us under embargo. I don't know why. This shows exactly up my alley. Both of you guys know the crude, bizarre, silly, stupid SHIT I enjoy, and this falls right into that. It's like I always tell people it's like Rick and Morty without kind of the pretentiousness. It's just dumb, stupid fun. You know, it's. I think the best form um, for Modoc, I guess. I know everyone wants to see him in live action and Ant-Man and all this stuff, but stop motion animation is, um, it's just, it's goofy. And they, it's packed to the brim with Easter eggs and stuff like that. And that's part of the why it's so attractive is this is so far removed from anything else. We know that it's not canon. We know this isn't Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. John Hamm is a perfect Iron Man casting choice, by the way. Um, but it's just there's so much stuff. I don't want to. You've been through four episodes. That the the bar with no name, everything that's a, armadillo, um, pound cakes, um, ten pen. Who else is in there? Whiplash is in that episode. Angar the Screamer, Leader. Um, who else was on? Sinister's in it. Melter, Sinister, Madam Mask. You know, and it just goes crazier as the show goes on. There's even uh, a reference to a popular WandaVision theory um, towards the end, a little bit. That's um, awesome. But it's it's just so insane and zany in it. Yeah, the, the jokes are mainly mostly dumb, but there are, like, uh, when he gets his eye stabbed out and he says, oh, none of the religions were real. I lost my crap at that one. <laughs> I thought that joke landed exceptionally well. There was one where he compared his mind to like a mega horse penis or something and just pat oswald's delivery was uncanny with it um but no man i loved my i gave it a perfect five out of five stars it is exactly what the type of stupid crap i like and that's that's moda and it's 
I'm going to say, I mean, yeah, it's Marvel television, but it actually maybe has a chance of moving on, right? Like, why why get rid of something like this? I guess is my question. Rhiannon, what'd you think? So, so I can only take some, I mean, obviously I've made it through like nine episodes, so I can take more than you, but I can only take so much of it at a time. Mm. And so I'm probably missing some like moments of glory that Adam caught because... I am multitasking to get that far this fast. Um, I, I I checked in with you guys early. Like, I can't take this much of Patton Oswald. Like, mm-hmm. just his voice. Like, all the time. It, 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 I can't take it. Um, That's just like an aesthetic thing. Like, you do not enjoy the sound of his voice, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't have issues with him and, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but just, like, all Patton all the time. It's, it's. Uh, you know, I, I'm rooting for Iron Man here to just take him out so I can listen to John Hamm's <laughs> lovely voice for a while. Um, I, I do think there are some incredibly clever. I don't know how Adam gets half the jokes because you're at the point where there's an episode that takes place in the 90s, right? Yeah. Third Eye Blind. Yeah. That's the Third Eye Blind's my favorite band of all time. <laughs> Third Eye Blind. His favorite band from when he was Blind. six. Yeah. When I was six, no, I, all I listen to is '90s alt rock. It reminds so '90s alt rock reminds me of the pool because that's what it was always playing on the pool, and they would ring the bell to get out of the pool while Mr. Jones is playing or Alanis Morissette. <laughs> so Morris you were like a six year old listening to do a little crust of mouth lift up until you can't break. As long as it was on ninety four point five, hell yeah, <laughs> man! Nineties all Counting Crows, um, Third Eye Blind. Who else? Uh, Lannis, of course. Um, Matchbox Twenty. Matchbox, uh, oh, and then the deeper uh, ones, Spin like Doctors, Oasis, Oasis. I, yeah, yeah. I really loved. Uh, you just had one song, Duncan Sheik. Do you remember him? If you can only see the way. She I think loves I saw me. him in concert. Yeah. I. Th- yeah, it's a long story. My Duncan Sheen concert, but, but it, yeah, but that and that's an example of it's always good to cut the levity with something. And I thought that um, I thought the episode was written pretty well with how human everything was, but it was still comedic. Super Adaptoid, one of the funniest characters in the whole show. Adaptoid's great. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like, there's so much about it that ah. is very good. Like, I just. I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't love it, love it, but, but I don't like have any actual criticism of it. It's, it is what it is and it does what it is very well. Yeah. I, so for me, it's not my style of humor. So I just didn't find it su- so far. I haven't found it super funny. Like it's, it's that humor to me that's like Rick and Morty, South Park, Simpsons, mm-hmm. uh, Family Guy, where they tell like 300 jokes in a half hour to try to get you to chuckle five or six times. And that's just not my thing. Um, it's weird, though, the Bar With No Name episode, I was much more into. I think like the more it delved into like the Marvel inside joke stuff. That stuff I enjoyed kind of on a much better level than some of just the more generic, you know, stupid humor stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that last episode was my favorite of them so far. Uh, but what's weird is, so people talk about how funny it is. I thought the poignant stuff and the relationship stuff is actually better than the comedy stuff. Like, 
I was more interested in how some of that went down than I was with, you know, the joke a minute kind of thing. And so I felt like that was, they're doing that pretty well, you know? I agree. And and that's the thing, you know, comedy's super, super, or at least that's harder than just regular drama to write, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, like I said, the third eye blind stuff landed super well um, with me. And, and that's the, I wrote a piece a couple of weeks ago, you know, where Marvel stuff should be able to exist outside of Marvel Studios. And it, this is the sole reason why I kind of wrote that. Because, I mean, it's, it's just different. You know, everything doesn't need to be canon to the MCU. You know, I mean, Legion was great. Daredevil 1 and 2 were great. Or 1 and 3 were great. Um, MODOK. I love MODOK. Everything doesn't need to be studios you know and i'm totally with you this is the kind of project marvel should do that's just a weird bizarre offshoot kind of thing and it doesn't have to connect and i think the thing that i'm maybe coming around to more than i even was at six months ago is that by not letting it connect you also let it go its own place Cause like I was thinking, what other kind of thing? And you know, so I don't know, you do like a man thing horror show, right? Mm-hmm. The second that it has to somehow have tangible connections, you end up with stuff like the Eternals post credit scene right. in the trailer today, right? Where they're right. joking around about Steve Rogers around a, a dinner table. And I just don't want to force stuff to have to do that. Like it's okay for it just to exist in its own way. Now this being stop motion animation and so obviously a different universe to me that helps you know like i don't know if i want things like this that aren't you know so clearly sort of separate but for something like this it's not a problem and it's actually fun because we're not gonna get well this is the second time we've got angar the screamer right and uh in the mc in the marvel which is weird technically technically um yeah, and I do think the the Marvel logo does carry weight. I mean, they they're still letting Hulu call this Marvel's Modoc. Mm-hmm. You know, I so wish I would have taken screenshots or snapshots of those Hellstrom screeners because no one believes me that those earliest ones had the Marvel logo on them. Um, so I mean, the the Marvel logo was blatantly removed from Hellstrom. You know, so that does that does speak volumes. We're still getting Hit Monkey sometime. Um, apparently they, they've recorded it and, and they're working on animating it. So there's a cast and all that assembled for it. So that's coming sometime, but man, thing's great. I mean, will man thing, we know he's in the MCU, but will he ever show up in the MCU? You know, or will they actually ever do PG 13, PG 13 horror, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, I mean, it, a man thing series, that's one of the things I want most, you know, so if that's connected, if it's not connected, who, who cares? But at least with Modoc, yeah, I mean, um, on the front of animation, there's been rumors that studios now has an animation branch. Have you guys heard any of this or? No, do tell more. It's, is it have, whoever's doing what if? I don't know, but apparently there's an entity out there that I can't remember the name of it. We're trying to do some digging, but we can't get any confirmation or anything. It's Marvel Animation Studios or Marvel Studios Animation or something. But apparently it's like a branch of studios that's working on animation. 
So I don't know if that's MCU stuff um, or if it's doing the, um, what other shows coming out? Moon Girl. Moon Girl's still coming out. So maybe they are getting more into animation, you know? We will. Well, and there's no reason not to have it. I mean, like, what if is showing you like these great potential that you have to do interesting stuff with animation you know right. so why why not why not yeah, play I mean, with it it takes so long to do too so since they established it now i mean we're still like four years out from seeing anything yeah um but it's probably but we've talked about power pack right like that would be an mm-hmm. awesome thing to do at that level um you know like at the modok level the moon girl level probably yeah yeah I mean, no, Power but, Pack at the Modoc. Well, I joked about that on Twitter. I came with one of the Hunter. I think I joked about that with him. I guess it meant more like, Power what Pack. if, you know, like, right. I, I think the idea of doing children's programming, that's really high level children's programming, that's animated, that technically is continuity in the MCU. I'm, I think that's awesome. You know, I think that would be so much fun. So uh, the soundtrack on it. I swear I hear the Daredevil theme in the background in certain places i swear they borrowed some of the like netflix soundtrack stuff in the background um if you have a moment would you be willing to text that to me because i may be able to get a confirmation or denial (laughs) uh like text to you like if you know what what the moments are or like oh yeah yeah i'll go back and find it i'll go back and find it or I can, I, one of the Save Daredevil Girls is a real music geek. They did like a whole episode on their podcast about the music, the sounds of Daredevil. Like, and this one woman with Save Daredevil is a professional, like, she's in the music industry in LA. So she, like, she was really able to dig in and it was fascinating, but you totally hear it. I'll go back and look because I'm almost finished. It was at the beginning of episode nine or 10. That like it was very clearly like in the background for me, and I was like, "What the heck? Hmm. I'm not paying attention." But that sound made me perk up and look and figure out what the heck was going on. Daredevil confirmed. Could you imagine a Daredevil animated series in the style of Invincible? I would lose my. Shit. You guys probably hate Invincible. I, but that would be so good. I've watched like an episode of invincible and it i i didn't it didn't grab me like it grabbed everybody else but i was gonna keep going because people keep saying things about it caleb will hate caleb still hasn't watched the boys i feel no i haven't watched the boys yet caleb's not into the mature stuff Um, yeah. yeah it's so i don't know maybe this is the wrong way to put it for me it's like a it's like a cynicism thing like stuff that's sort of built on like the concept that everything's terrible and people are terrible and that like a lot of the reactions I hear from invincible is like, Oh man, I can't believe they did that. Or, Oh geez, that's so violent. Or like, Oh, that's so like, and the boys is like, Oh, these characters are so despicable. I, it just doesn't, I don't know. Uh, the boys is fun because it's like, Oh man, Disney made these characters so despicable. So now we hate Disney because they're making superheroes. Yeah. See, I watched Ted Lasso. I love that, man. That's my jam. Like something that's just like relentlessly optimistic and positive. <laughs> there, yeah. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> uh, but I have been 
since we're getting to the end of this, it sounds I have been watching or been reading Sweet Tooth and I'm totally sold on that as a comic book and the Netflix show I'm super excited about. It looks a little bit to me like they're going to lock and key it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it'll be toned down some. So I've heard it'll be kind of toned down or. Well, I saw an interview with Robert Downey Jr. where he basically said as much. He was just like, yeah, we saw it and we're like, hey, if we made this a little less mature and like, you know, a little more accessible to a younger audience, it could be really broad. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it makes sense from Netflix's perspective, you know, like it's because Sweet Tooth isn't like a hard, hard R comic either. It's just written by a guy who doesn't have the constraints of ratings or whatever. Right. And so it makes sense that if you, you take a few things out, take a little blood away, a few of those swear words, you can make something that's PG 14 or whatever. And I, I'm yeah. super, I'm glad you're kind of embracing that stuff. You, you got hooked on black hammer, which is excellent. Yeah. Black hammer's dead, by the way, a TV show is not happening anytime soon. Um, Sweet tooth. Still trying to get, if you guys are listening to this on the podcast at, Caleb A. Borgers and tell him to read Hellboy. Seat of Destruction. <laughs> Just everyone spam Caleb and tell him to read Hellboy. I, I know. That's the one that you keep trying to get me to. Yeah. Maybe I need to look into it. You'll, I think you'll like it, man. They don't make the devil into a good guy, which I know we've discussed before. Yeah. Yeah. That's my so. thing. So last time we did a podcast, I threw it up on YouTube just because we hadn't in a long time. So for our mailbag, I just thought I'd read the YouTube comments real quick. Alvin checked it out and said, hey, good to see you guys. So Alvin liked seeing our faces. That was nice. And then uh, somebody named Auth Kirion. Thanks for the podcast. Good to see you. I finally got to support you on Patreon. Thank you very much. We appreciate that very much. And then Granger Anderson. Hey, Marvel News Desk. Started listening back in 2019. Really love what you do. Hearing you guys talk about fan reaction to the episode was really interesting. I was wondering if you had any thoughts on how fan theories have impacted others' reactions, <laughs> yourselves included, to shows like WandaVision, Falcon the Winter Soldier, versus how they might impact the movies moving forward. Specifically, I'm curious about Spider-Man 3 and thoughts on bringing pre-MCU Spider-Man. Again, love the show and really interested in your thoughts. Best, Granger. So I thought I'd throw that out to you guys as we wrap up. Are fan expectations ruining things? So, I mean, like part of, you know, when we look at the television stuff here, it's kind of what I've always wanted, the week-to-week discussions where we can talk about each episode between each week and just like have all of these, you know, what's going to happen, what's going to happen type discussions together rather than, you know, like I've watched nine episodes of Modonk, you've watched four you know, I already knew what's going to happen. Da, da, da. Um, so I think even as sort of a fandom, we're figuring out how to have those discussions week to week without setting our expectations so far in certain directions. And and to take in these six, ten hour movies, whatever they're going to be, and and know what to expect and know how to have those discussions. So I feel like the fan theories... I mean, like, flat out, I feel like the discussions ruined WandaVision. Like, when I talk to people that watched WandaVision straight through, they love it. Like, everybody I've talked to that just watched it straight through, they really, really enjoyed WandaVision. So I do feel like the speculation and the digging and, you know, looking at it week to week really did 
sort of ruin that experience. Um, but I, I think when it comes to stuff like Spider-Man 3, they know how to make movies. They know how to make movies that we can speculate up and down and still be surprised with stuff that we never even imagined and for it to pay off. I, at least I hope, you know, I mean, but but they've always come through our movies. And I think that's why the TV show felt so disappointing to me is we've you know felt like we've looked at every single detail of these movies and then when they come out we still continue to be surprised and and enjoy them um except for ant-man 2 but i i you know i I think the television is just new ground and i think they're getting their footing and and as a fandom maybe we're getting our footing as well so we'll see where it goes yeah i don't want to get into fan theories no comment I mean, it's, fan theories are what what made the MCU the MCU, right? So, um, I mean, there's um, wisdom somewhere in, in managing your expectations, I guess. But at the same time, you we should be able to speculate and, and theorize and and all of that stuff, especially when it is week to week. You know, I just admitted that. Um, I just admitted that my criticisms of the Eternals trailer are uh, mainly due to my expectations, I guess. But that's the thing. Where's how do we separate the criticisms? You know, is it unfair to judge um, a movie or a TV show on what we wanted to see? Or you know, I mean, where's the line? You know, isn't it all kind of blended? I mean, all criticism, I mean, all criticism is all in the one thing, right? Because where, where do we separate it? You know, say the Mephisto thing, if we say WandaVision's bad because Mephisto isn't in it, and we all agree that's unfair, but is it fair to criticize WandaVision for having like a, a rush finale or, or maybe it was toned down or something like that? You know, I'm like, no, if I'm exactly a popular, with you, Adam. If there's a popular fan theory that says, oh man, the Eternals are running on the power cosmic, that means Silver Surfer's coming. You know, and Silver Surfer's not going to show up in Eternals. So, where, yeah, I don't know. Why not? I'm, I mean, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. That's why I eat Taco Bell and drink a whole crap ton of Mountain Dew. You know, so I'm going to speculate. I love comics, I love dreaming up weird scenarios you know so why why not you know i hate very little i mean i don't hate any marvel stuff um so hmm, i don't know this is all we could podcast on fandoms and expectations and all that stuff for days you know rihanna what were you gonna say well i mean i'm just and i don't think any of it gives it a pass i mean i think I mean, I've harped on it forever, but as far as the Mephisto thing, I wasn't disappointed in WandaVision because Mephisto didn't show up. I was disappointed because there wasn't some unforeseen thing that wowed me in lieu of Mephisto showing up. You know, I, 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 there was a point where I would have been upset if Mephisto showed up because it was so speculated that, oh, that's going to happen. Like, I don't want it to be predictable. I want them to surprise me in ways that I never imagined, like snapping away half the universe. But that didn't come. So, like, I I don't think 
there's any passes not that like we are the ones passing failing things but I just think it makes it more enjoyable if you don't have that time to dwell on all of that right now um and I think they need to up their game but I think the fan experience is making the television a little bit less right now so I'm gonna try to keep this brief like philosophically i think the problem is that we have made everything in the world in america like a competitive sport right right? like the problem with our politics is we don't want a government that functions we want to win so like even if our guy is burning the place down yeah but he was my guy and like you people will twist themselves in pretzels trying to accept crazy terrible things because it was their side and sports I don't want to watch a good game. I want to see my team win. And like, if the replay shows that he did drop the ball, I want the referee to overlook what really happened so that my side can win. And that's come into fandom. Star Wars people have been dealing with this for a long time. And it's in the movies for them where people create a fan theory about who Ray's parents are. And like, they're angry if they're not right because their fandom has become another avenue for them to compete and to prove how smart they are. And comic books and the MCU is the worst of it because comic fans know the source material. So they think it should give them a leg up. And so like, they want to be the smart dude in the room. Like I knew it because I read the comics and that, you know, and all the gatekeeping garbage. And I just think all of that complicates itself to where that's where fan theories get messy because people want to prove their worth or their value or their goodness or smartness instead of just wanting to enjoy a show. And I think that's to me where it gets all nuts. Like with WandaVision in the end, I was okay with it because I had theories and if they were wrong, that's okay. Cause I wasn't like emotionally invested in me being right. But I feel like that's almost a foreign idea anymore that you like, you correctly predicting something on Twitter is not the thing that validates an experience, you know. Just you wait until Shuma Gorath pops up in Doctor Strange 2. I'm gonna be <laughs> digging out all those damn tweets. I mean, like, suck it. Everyone who didn't tweet about Shuma Gorath. I have um, to be fair, I have bookmarked one or two of these like Charlie Cox is never showing up in Spider-Man. You guys are idiots. And I need to probably just delete the bookmarks because I really want to schadenfreude those people when he actually does. But <laughs> yeah, Rian, you mentioned that nobody um, gatekeeps what's right and wrong or whatever. But if um, mm-hmm. this podcast reaches like 10,000 people this weekend, Marvel Studios says Marvel News Desk can decide what's right and wrong. So tell your friends and family and this will be the podcast where We'll tell if you're right or wrong for, for a show that has never really promoted ourselves particularly well that was a very weird like sudden uh, uh, like attempt at getting more suddenly listeners we get to choose right and wrong we will be we the are. we are yeah we're the the marvel gods i mean why not might as well uh caleb your impression was pretty accurate because we talked about this before i thought i was down at the comic book shop at new comic book day picking up the poll list i'm like oh man that's how it's exactly like the comic book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's cool to have a friendly debate, but like 
I don't know. Our whole culture is out of whack. Like it used to be like, Oh, I think Michael Jordan's better than LeBron. Oh no, he's not. You'd argue back and forth a little bit, have a beer, talk about it. Nowadays, people are like pulling out guns and shooting each other over it. And it's like being right is not so important. Like we just need to be less excited about being right. I think. But And I think we should, I mean, like, be excited about enjoying things and i think that's where like i really do cringe at us you know coming and not being excited about things um and yeah i mean maybe who knows who knows um but But i don't i don't feel like we're ever take committed rihanna in in other words like we always try to be honest about our approaches and whatever we said about the eternals trailer I do think for all three of us, if we watch it in November and it knocks our socks off, we're going to be like, I was wrong. And I am so glad I was wrong. That was awesome. Like, cause we just want to enjoy stuff in the end. That's why I'm afraid to listen to old MND episodes. Cause I know I flip flop all the time. <laughs> yeah. I know damn well I do next week. They're going to release like a character poster. I'm like, Oh my God, Cersei's going to be the best Marvel character ever. Listen to Marvel News Desk, where our opinions will change every week. Yeah. I will still hate time travel, though. Um, no MODOK spoilers, but I still hate time travel. Yeah. Well, and Loki, oof, you're, it's going to be rough, I think. Ooh, well, I still, uh, see, I'm still trying to be very positive about Loki and that they, they're, they're applying rules to time travel. Okay. And, and... Y- or they go so many places that like you can't keep up and there's no like trying to keep up forget rules rules are stupid yeah we haven't gotten that marvel fever dream thing yet right where you're watching something and you know venom kind of got there with the lobster tank and you know that ending fight with the smoke and stuff you're like am i sick or what's going on (laughs) you know is Loki going to be that for Marvel Studios? Just give us that guilty pleasure, fever dream, cluster leap of uh, just a delightful mess. Just because I, mean, I want to put, put my pull quote on it. Delightful I don't know if you mess. mean this, but I mean, Legion is, was a little like... No, Legion that's exactly so what it is. All over the place. Right, yeah. a 20-hour fever dream. That's yeah. We haven't gotten an MCU thing. Like and we generally, I think mean, at least early on, all of us liked Legion. I liked it till the end, but you know, like... We're pretty positive on that one. Um, uh, Ragnarok call... was a bit of a fever dream. It was. It was. I was going to say some people call it a fever dream. The more adult listeners probably call it tripping balls. Um, you know, either or. <laughs> is that the more adult way to refer to that? I don't know. Is it? Maybe it's the more adolescent way. Who knows? <laughs> um, was it me... Oregon? Speaking of tripping balls, wasn't it Oregon that legalized everything? <laughs> everything? Someone... It's the everything. purge now? No, well, not everything. All crime. <laughs> I mean, they stopped at meth. But like as much as Amsterdam? Or the I don't know what Amsterdam, what's legal and illegal. I heard it on a podcast that it was Oregon or Washington that legalized even crack and meth and stuff. Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe that was a fever dream. I don't know. Just uh, I would point out this is not a legal advice podcast. If you are living <laughs> no. in the state of Oregon, we would yeah. encourage you to check with local officials before doing anything. Yes. Particularly, and then let Adam know because evidently he wants to experiment. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm just saying. You know, curiosity killed the cat, right? I have connections in Amsterdam. Curiosity <laughs> killed the Adam is what it sounds like. It's going to be pretty soon. <laughs> it's going to be like two weeks from now. Yeah, we'll see. 
Uh, all right. Um, as far as I think that does it for today. I haven't talked to these guys, but I would still, we said we were going to do a food podcast. I think we should before Loki. Mm-hmm. So let's try to shoot maybe to get into our, our, our usual routine here in June and do a food one and then hit Loki the week after or something like that. We'll see. Yeah. Sounds good. And Loki, we're about to figure out Loki's on Wednesdays now. So I guess if nothing else, it just gives us more time to watch it, but yeah. Oh, I'm watching that crap every morning before work. Like I'm not taking the chance on spoilers. Uh, I like I like the idea of a twist a twister Twitter fiesta. That was hard to say. Siesta, siesta. <laughs> yes, a Twitter siesta, siesta. Um, every week on Wednesday. You know, like a little break from Twitter in the middle of the week to help me regain my sanity. I think it'd be a good idea. So I don't think I'm physically capable. Like I think it's an OCD thing for me that like my finger goes and opens that. I would have to uninstall it. I know it's just I'm just gonna watch early in the morning. So when I do it, I three or four times during the day I do click it. But so far I've been able to like swipe up before it. If Apple gets more efficient with how fast the app loads, I'll be in trouble. But mm-hmm. yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. We appreciate it. We will be back later, and uh, we'll see ya. But there we yeah. go. There, I, mean, I, I did I'm... have my first um, restaurant work shut down note the other day. So at, at oh. Wendy's, they, they were shut down because of the, the no work. And I didn't even post it on Twitter, but they had the they had the note right there on the the box, too. So, Oh, because there weren't enough employees for it or whatever? Yeah. 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 Has nothing to do with Marvel or MODOK or Eternals or or anything you know <laughs> also naked chicken tacos are back is that correct naked chicken chalupas that's right naked yeah. chicken chalupas are back at, at taco bell for a limited time it's their uh it's their um chicken sandwich type thing they announced the chicken sandwich tacos earlier this year but those are only in the test stage but yeah naked chicken chalupas are back they're they're right they're all right i'll say that that's I excellent. owe a lot to Taco Bell, but yes, they're all right. So much of your career now is tied up in Taco Bell. <laughs> it's and exactly new. Taco Bell. Instead of the mouse controlling me, it's Taco Bell. Do they That's... send you like a box of chalupas? No, like, do you just like go should. to the post office one day and you have a box of chalupas? That's, that... that's what I'm hoping for. Um... They should be able to. I assume they're frozen. You know, like certain fast food places, like we never freeze our food. No, Taco yeah. Bell, they froze their craft. Oh, there is yeah, no doubt that there's frozen yeah, stuff. Twice frozen, there. it's frozen, rethawed, frozen, rethawed, frozen. It's... That gives it its special crunch. Yeah. <laughs> the crunch. If that's what we want to call it. All right. So my plan for tonight is really simple. I want to talk about the Eternals trailer. I want to talk about Modoc. And that's about all I've got. Like I don't I don't know. Maybe you guys have more things to discuss but yeah i do want to discuss one of your tweets as i take a, a sip out of my what modok um modok uh what is it called koozie oh that i got from yeah. my new position with aim i don't think this stuff should be available to the general public because then why would i sell out you know <laughs> Like Adam you needs guys, justification for his career decisions, if, and so that needs to yeah, be right, that you get right. free. Slack. If I can buy an AIM notebook, which I would never buy in the first place, you know why? Why would I sell out to uh, to some corporation? To be fair, 
Adam's referring to a tweet where I said that they should make some of these yes. special care packages they send to journalists available for purchase. The one I really want was the WandaVision one that had like, uh, did they have like TV trays and stuff? Like it was TV, all like, like they made fake TV guides and all that stuff. That was yeah. cool. I didn't. Know I mean, that. we could try to get on the Marvel press list again. We haven't. We could. I, yeah, that's the thing. We probably could. We might be. Adam always sends us the here's the email address to try to get you know press screeners and all that, and we always go. Meh. You guys could have watched Hellstrom back in June with me, except you waited till October, <laughs> and we could have gotten all of that Hellstrom swag. It's funny. My parents haven't. hated that. By the way, I know you. I, I sent you the text <laughs> where they said meh. But no, they hated it. They finished it, but they hated it. So that's just so you got it in June, got excited. We all saw it in October and was like, oh, it's okay. And then your parents watched it this June and hated it. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I missed to... Elaine. Elaine had a sh- movie and he was doing a screener here in like in Manhattan. That like they were going to do a Q and A at, and I meant to go. Yeah, and everyone I says forgot. it's really good too. Paper Tigers. I completely forgot. Where we should let's pimp that out quick to. Uh, I don't know. I think yeah. it's streaming, isn't it streaming? I don't know. If you guys can't tell, we don't really talk before the show, so what you're getting right now is everything that we have not got. Yeah, this is our uh, prep meeting. <laughs> right now uh we do our show notes on the show (laughs) this is what you get as a patreon i don't know where it's streaming it's called the paper tigers it's 100 percent on rotten tomatoes wow Um, the paper tigers citizen kane and paddington too apparently i should have gone to the screener i mean my screening like it was movie like you pay whatever to go to the movie and they were but they were going to be there and do a q a and i just completely forgot because I didn't put it on my calendar. Ooh, 51 reviews too. Wow. Oh, oh there's some lag with Adam. Is there? Yeah, there is. The audio is good, but he's just, his face is moving slow. I shouldn't have brought up Rotten Tomatoes because now it's loading incredibly slow. <laughs> Adam, tell us also, uh, where are we at with the comic creation? You got your Kickstarter going still? I have the Kickstarter going. Um, show shorts number one. It's like a mini anthology series. Um, you guys could check it out at www.poop.show. Um, and that's just like backing stories we're going to initially put in the first volume. Um, and that's on Kickstarter now. Just go to the website and, and back it if you want. If not, that's cool too. And the trade should be hitting stands in yeah, June? the trade comes out in July. Um, just uh, started putting that together today. So we have some cool surprises. I tried getting um, Kevin Feige to write a forward to it, but uh, he respectfully declined. So oh. Did you actually a get a decline letter? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, I was thinking, I'm like, maybe I should reach out to someone. Jeff Loeb. Um, Reach out to Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb's a ghost. You know, I, I try people like once a week. I'm like, hey, what's what's Jeff up to? You know, I poke and prod because there's that tell-all book coming out with Marvel Studios later this year. Oh, I did um, not know about this. I'm not sure it's a tell-all because it's a studio purchased book or it's studio. It's like a coffee table book, right? Yes, it's a coffee table book about uh, Marvel Studios, the history of Marvel Studios. But I want to do the tell-all on Marvel TV. And I, I'm trying to yeah. lay the groundwork. Yeah. I think I'd be super, super spicy to 
the 10 of us that still tweet about it. Um, but no, Jeff's a ghost in the wind, man. He's he's working That's- with Vinny D. He's working with Vince. Oh, oh Mr. D'Onofrio he's working with. So maybe... I was about to say, you should see if Vincent D'Onofrio would do a forward to your trade. Ooh. There's all kinds of... Would he do it for it? Or considering your inspiration for this comic book, William Macy. I could try. I think he's probably <laughs> busy with something. I don't know. Certainly probably. not reading shit show. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I Adam, can, can you tell people what the next project is or just tell them that one's coming? I do have a next project coming. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Like I, I was watching a fellow creator with the same publisher this weekend, and he was just spilling all of his secrets. Oh. Um, so I think I could. Um, but I, I mean, I think to. your next one's going to take a little bit of explanation for people to get psyched. I, I think my wife had a pretty perfect one sentence explanation of what it was. Yeah. So say your wife's explanation, and I'm pretty sure we'll <laughs> it's, be fine with that. It's Care Bears from Space who curse. That's pretty much it. Imagine yeah. <laughs> Care Bears, but uh, that's kind of how I explain it. I explain it like Fildian Care Bears. Yeah. Um, just if Care Bears were drawn and written by Rob Liefeld, equal parts Deadpool and. So there's uh, no feet on your Care Bears? Is that what you're saying? There's feet. There's very questionable feet. I might, <laughs> I should pull up uh, a picture. We purposely, that's the joke. We, uh, we purposely discussed bad feet. You're purposely um, baiting Liefeld. Oh, just you wait until you actually see what's. And then yeah. maybe he can write the forward for the That's trade paperback. Say, <laughs> that that face. That'd be amazing. Where's where are we at? We. Uh... But that project is months away, right, Adam? Like, yeah, that's probably Q one next year. Okay. Um, that's still months away. We uh, are purposely drawing. I'm trying to. There, let's see if I can do this with the with the card there. Oh, if you can see, we're we're trying yeah. to draw very kind of questionable feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what's coming out next. It's a space story, and it's uh, pretty cool cool but that's that's all to me what's all what's going on with you guys if you can't tell we haven't podcasted in a while no we haven't i'm right now debating how do i do that do we just leave all this in the front of the, people like where's my freaking I mean, eternal ran is practically moving upstate yeah i'm moving to brooklyn i'm moving across the river across the river state huh which, which way which direction it's south right east 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 uh, i will cross slightly south right south probably like east. south east crossing the east river over into brooklyn i'll be right at the other side of the manhattan bridge won't that be a pain getting to work or are you mostly remote now it'll probably be faster to get into work i mean i'm literally so i'm gonna be in downtown brooklyn like i will be right on the river um in brooklyn so i'll be only like two subway stops from the office It'll probably be a shorter commute, maybe. You may not realize that there's actually a subway line that goes underneath the river. Ah, it so totally funny. creeps my wife out when we visit. Yeah. Like there's whenever we take it, I'm like, "Hey, we're underwater right now." She's like, "Shut up! <laughs> I don't want Is to talk about the, that." Uh, like same river, everyone jokes that's like radioactive. So like okay, so you have Manhattan, 
-hmm. Lake Manhattan is an island. All right. And on the mainland side, like towards California, is the Hudson River, mm-hmm. which is probably which which is like the main river that starts like up north of Albany and all the way down. And that's where like the Statue of Liberty and everything mm-hmm. is like well and then you have the East River on the other side of the island that's between Manhattan and Long Island, which Brooklyn is on like the southernest tip of like the same island as Long Island. If I'm remembering correctly, there might be waterways in between. But anyways, so the Hudson and the East River, like the East River, yeah, they probably talk about it being contaminated. Like all of Brooklyn is very, it was once incredibly industrial, incredibly contaminated, but it's much cleaner now. I have a friend that actually wants to like kayak in the Gowanus Canal, which is like radioactive sludge at the bottom and stuff. My vaccinated, why not? Go go crazy. (laughs) I have a degree in environmental engineering. I will not go kayaking in the Hudson. I mean in the Gowanus. All right, so I'm I'm gonna stay far away because I'd be afraid that I have like a cut or something, then I get the yeah, yeah. Amoeba in my face. I would be that person to get that like amoeba, like I don't know. Um but anyways, yeah, I'm I'm moving to Brooklyn not too far away i'll have a roof on which i can hold parties but um, water tower no water tower no water tower but i'm on a high enough floor that i can see a lot of water towers and actually when i was on the roof i was like "Ooh, there is another because the the roof area is on like the fifth floor um so i was like oh that other roof is pretty close there actually you guys i think i need to start a twitter account where i just or tiktok or something i don't know what kids do stuff like this these days maybe instagram where i take headlines that i find that are most definitely superhero stories mm-hmm. so like this week there was a store a headline and like seriously i never click on the articles just headlines there was a headline of like a woman that died trying to jump between rooftops and like surely that was superhero bs right, right. like it wasn't like nobody's really doing that for real human reasons like surely there's superhero stuff happening in the city and she was jumping between rooftops and things just went south right yeah i have a buddy who i've been on these like zoom calls with him every couple weeks and like one week he was like oh yeah i've been dealing with a concussion from snowboarding and then there was another time he was like oh yeah i hurt my ribs this week and i almost just looked at him as like are you batman like <laughs> these injury stories are sounding more and more like what Bruce Wayne tells everybody after he's gotten hurt, you know, fighting crime. Right, right, right. I, I had the same. I had a coworker that kept coming in with black eyes and he was like, oh, I'm learning jujitsu. Like I'm going to jujitsu class. And he would just come in with like new, like, and seriously, after like three weeks of it, I was like, so you're a vigilante, right? And he was like, thank you for not accusing my wife for beating me. <laughs> my most adventurous you know it's like hey i uh i went outside today <gasps> congratulations Adam. fell fell on the way to my mailbox cracked a rib but i'm good i'm good i just break my ribs in other ways you know? yeah that's good that's good 